Hello everyone, I'm Annie Gibbons and you're listening to Memoirs of Successful Women, the podcast where you get to hear candid conversations with fascinating women from around the globe who share aspects of their business and life journey, how they measure their success and what they have learnt along the way. So today I have the delight to be introducing you to Mary Beth Hosking. Mary Beth Hosking is a pragmatic and seasoned technology leader with extensive experience in organisational transformations. As a developer of a practical guide to leadership during times of change, Mary Beth aspires to help leaders find a successful pathway while supporting their teams. Clearly understanding the impact of poorly led transitions has put Mary Beth on a mission to develop sustainable change leadership by building resilience through transformation. Mary Beth's got over 17 years experience through leading multiple restructures and she wants to help others by providing key insights and strategies to drive continued performance. So welcome to the program, Mary Beth. Uh, Thank you, Annie. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to be here with you today. Fantastic. Um, I'm excited to be talking with you because I love all things change management and I love all things people-centred. And I know that is totally your heart and your your whole background and expertise. So I'm looking forward to learning from you as we share with our listeners today. What does your daily professional life look like? Well, I work in an organisation uh, that is very close to my heart. I work as the head of change delivery. So that is uh, in an IT function. And IT is where a lot of change stems for organisations. And uh, I I deliver in projects or my team delivers in projects to support our business. Uh, most of you that work in uh, an organisation will know that uh, IT does push a lot of changes through. So really important that we get that right at the start but a lot of individuals are working in organizations certainly now as well where there's a lot of change from an an organizational structural perspective so I do like to focus on how to take people through those sorts of transitions and transformations as well but certainly currently it is all about IT for me and uh, how we best support our business and our business partners in uh, ensuring safety as well as ensuring that we have the right solutions to fit the needs. Mm. And I've certainly found that myself, actually, just being in business, how important IT and the IT infrastructure is. You know, it's just increasingly a core um, requirement in, in any business that I do. So I can see where you add so much value. A lot of people get distracted by, you know, the high-level strategy and what they want to achieve. And obviously IT is, is, is at, the, at the centre of that as well as the people. So what led you into IT? Was it, to ch- was it in a change management capacity at the beginning or did you just have an interest in IT? No, actually, I started in transport and logistics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, and if um, if you read with the book that I've just uh, published, there are a lot of um, uh, a lot of case studies around transport and logistics and change. But I originally started in transport logistics and thought I love learning. I love working in teams and I wanted to do more in training. So I started to do training in that space. So going from managing a fleet of drivers in my Mm -hmm. youth, Mm -hmm. which is a a huge leap, I know, (laughs) but manage a fleet of drivers and I learnt so much 
about being an active listener and being a really strong communicator because it, there was such a, a difference between me and the drivers that I worked with that it really set the foundation in place. And I realized I enjoy training and taking people on a journey. And then that led through to change management. My exposure to IT came from working in back in the day with EFTPOS terminals and and I hate to say it, but they'd only just came in, came onto the market when I was working in that space. So uh, it was a huge learning curve. And I realized, gee, I really do like IT. I like this side of things. And so that helped me to transition into the IT space. But at the core of it, it was really around helping people adopt the, uh, the changes that we had. So post machines, everyone now, we just, we just swipe and off we go. But back in the early 90s, the devices were 20 kilos and they <laughs> sat on a big, huge desk. And big brick. <laughs> absolutely. And so just watching how IT changed and shifted. And then I sort of moved into more of an IT space from there. But again, at the heart of it, there was this love of learning. I'm just mm. really interested in things. And IT is changing so rapidly that you, you just have to stay on top of it. So it enables me to continue to learn, keep my mind elastic, work with a team of amazing people who also love learning and want to know new things, mm. and that I can help with change. I love your curious nature. It's just oozing out of your being. And, um, and that's just so important, isn't it? That's right, that curiosity to know, well, what's next, what's coming next, be ahead of the game and being able to, um, to be able to foresee that while also listening to your customers and, and appreciating what their current issues are. I think that's an incredible um, skill set to have, to be able to sort of be future planning, making sure that you're ahead of the game and also be aware of the complex issues that all these different industries have, you know, adapting to their, their challenges, you know, and I'm yeah. imagining you've seen so many diverse challenges across industries. I have. And in, in fact, working in transport and logistics, I've worked with a number of, I've worked with customers in the mining sector and what their challenges may be in the finance sector, what their challenges may be, obviously warehousing and distribution, what their challenges may be uh, and the broad gambit of all of that. But intrinsically, it just really does come back down to having a really cohesive team, understanding change, understanding how to get buy-in and also that business advocacy in IT and IT advocacy in the business. So ensuring that you're building very strong relationships with all of your key stakeholders, uh, certainly whether it's a line of business, a business unit, depending on the organizations that you work with, having people within your team that are very comfortable speaking with their business partners mm. and really understanding what is your pain point? What is it that we can do to help support you? Give us a longer runway so that we can give you the right solution and being a little bit more strategic than tactical. I understand that there is a tactical nature to a lot of things that happen, but if you've got that overarching strategic view, it really makes it a lot easier to build the big why and to take teams on the change journey because they actually understand 
why something's happening. They understand the what's in it for me, what's mm. in it for the business. All of those things in that change space really do make it a compelling story that will help build your culture. And if you can build a culture of change, build a culture of a psychologically safe workspace, it really makes change so much easier for an organization to take on board. And so those are the things that I, I talk about those in the book because it's important to actually empower your teams to have those conversations. So tell me about your book. What is it called? When is it coming out? How do people find it? Let's talk about that. Oh, perfect. All right. So it's called In One Piece, A Step-by-Step -Step Guide to Surviving Change. So I guess I'll roll back a little bit and explain why I wrote it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd been working in a transport company, major transport company, and I'd gone through four major transformations, not IT-led, but organisational-led. So very confronting for the teams with which I was working in. And there is an expectation as a leader that, A, you'll keep your team motivated during a change, even though the earth underneath them is shifting and moving so rapidly, <laughs> that you yourself as a leader will understand the big why and perhaps you do or you don't. Mm. Uh, and that it's, it's traumatic on your team and it's also traumatic on you as a leader. So when that change is announced, whether you are a part of the announcement or you are part of the rest of the cohort receiving that announcement, what do you do as a leader? And that was the premise of the book. I remember the very first change I went through. I'd been working in a business unit. It was six years of absolute joy. And I'd let my network go. My LinkedIn profile was an absolute mess. Uh, my resume, I don't even think I looked at it for the six years. I was just absolutely loving my work. I would leap out of bed on a, on a Monday morning. Friday, I'd get to the end of the week and think, oh, it's going to be two days till I can get back here. It was crazy <laughs> exciting. It was R&D and we were cowboys and it, it was bleeding edge and it was all of that. And then the business decided, we don't want this department anymore. Oh, shattering. <laughs> and so I, there was, just, and the announcement came and I was like, well, hang on a minute, wait, what? <laughs> and I was much younger. I hate to say much younger. Uh, I understood change. I've done change management before, but this had not happened to me. Mm. And I was loving what I'd been doing and, and I could not understand the big why. Mm. I still needed to continue with my team. They needed to continue to deliver. And so it was traumatic. And I, as I think to this day, there's a little bit of PTSD. But what I did do was I started to write about my experience. And I thought, I'm going to do a blog. And I've got to tell you, Annie, thank God I did not put that blog up <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> because I, I, I kind of wrote it and it was really cathartic. And then I put it to the side and then I found something new and I moved into a new role and all of that sort of took place and had a new team and I was bringing cohesion to that team. And, and then about a year ago, I started working with my, my coach, uh, Amanda Blissing, and I thought, hang on. I think I've got something to say here. Mm. So I went back to that old, the old blog that I'd written that I hadn't published anywhere and whew, <laughs> it, 
it was angsty and it was it was it was awful but i thought there are some nuggets in here yeah and i've got now another 15 years plus experience going through these multiple times and i've got a lot of learnings mm. and i thought i can put these into something that other leaders may find useful and mm. so what the book is there are not new concepts in this book these are just concepts that i have used through many many changes to help my teams um, work through the transformation and come out the other side reasonably unscathed and that as a leader is my primary focus during a transformation and certainly right now the entire world is going through this um, extraordinary transformation mm. and i look at it and i think yes i think i've got i've the things in the book are still pertinent I started the book last year and I had decided to finish it by June. That was my drop dead date. And what I have been seeing and much to my pleasure is that a lot of the things that I've had in the book really are pertinent. And yes, these are the things you can do as a step by step. So that's why I wrote the book. Uh, I published it uh, three weeks ago. We went on sale. I had my first book virtual book launch congratulations super thank exciting. you and uh that was an external launch i do have an internal launch within my organization they've been incredibly supportive of of me writing this and uh and so next week is that launch and a part of that launch will be um, a special uh, sale that i have uh, negotiated with amazon for the ebook so that will go on sale next Thursday, Friday, the 27th and 28th of August for 48 hours only for a special price of the ebook of $2.99. So what oh I'm my gosh. For, <laughs> I, I know, but I felt there was that, that piece. We talked about it earlier, that little bit about paying it forward. Yes. Um, and I thought, you know, if you've got a Kindle and you, you know, you want to get a copy, then it's $2.99, it's less than a cup of coffee or less than your favourite cocktail or whatever might be your pleasure. Uh, and then at least anyone that's out there, whether you're a leader or not, there are, there are things in here that will help. Um, there are pieces about well-being, pieces about gratitude practice, something that I think we all need to be thinking about right now Mm. It is more so, yes, it is tough. If you're living in Melbourne or Victoria at the moment, very, very challenging. But there's so much that we can be grateful for and we need to sort of just cling on to those things because I think that they're really, really important, certainly in times of, of major distress. Yeah. I love your attitude about that because I think, yeah, we, we need to be so grateful for what we do have and looking for, so thankful and then also looking looking at opportunities and what we can do. And if we can't do anything, you know, or we, we're restricted, we can certainly help others and allow them to be benefited in this time when, we're, when we are better off. Um, I think, by the way, I think that's an incredible offer for that book and I really do hope our listeners uh, take you up on that. I 
pretty sure I will. Because <laughs> I, um, so. I think that's that's just so wonderful. So much learnings that you have had. Um, I want to sort of backtrack to a comment you had before when you were so shattered, and I know that feeling when you've just put your heart and soul into a project or being part of that team, and particularly when you're younger and you think it's just just I'm just living the dream. I've got the best job, and then the world sort of gets shattered, and you get treated badly, or the the project gets canned, or COVID hits, or whatever that is. Now you're all about building teams and change managing while keeping the people um, at the centre. How do you work with people once they've been shattered a few times? How do you keep people energised and still excited rather than becoming cynical? It's a great question and I've had a number of people in my network who are still with my previous organisation who have asked exactly the the same thing. What do you do with protracted change, Mm. which is what that is? The individuals that you work with, they cannot see a light at the end of the tunnel. They they have become cynical. They don't believe what you're saying as a leader. They don't believe the leadership of the organisation and it makes it really hard as a leader of that team. But I, I say to them, back to basics, go back to the very, very basics, your communication plan, the comms that you say to people. You need to be as transparent as you can be, as honest as you can be. And if you don't believe in the change yourself, I I think you have a right to say, I agree with you. I don't agree with this. But at the end of the day, we have a customer to service. Mm. We have a role to do. It is about giving your people not busy work, because that's the worst thing you can do as a leader, but give them work that actually amounts to something that gives them a view of the why, why we're actually doing this. You may not be able to give them the big why of the organisation, but you can certainly bring it back down to that customer-centric piece. Mm. People inherently just want to do a good job. They want to come in every day and do a good job. Uh, But when they're feeling disempowered, when they're feeling as if they don't know when, my mother used to say, when the the other shoe is going to drop, when (laughs) they don't know what's going to happen next, Mm. um, you've got to be as honest as you possibly can be. If you Mm. don't know the answer to that, you can also say that. The worst thing you can do is lie. Mm. Uh, Better to say, I don't have an answer yet because you don't have the answer yet, but you will get an answer. And as a leader, keep pushing, keep asking. Uh, If you're working with, if the organisation has brought in change consultants, see if you can get in front of the change consultants. See if there is work that they are doing that you could get your team involved in. Depends on what it is that your team does. But get them potentially involved in what that may look like. What it will do is it will uh, build their profile or their brand in front of the change consultants so that if there is going to be restructure, etc., they will be the people that are seen as helpful, people that are seen to be involved in the change and being on board with the change. And that will uh, bring a different light to them and those people in your team itself. Mm. If you cannot do that, always bring it back to the basics. It is about the customer. Mm. What it is that we're doing for our customer? Most of us are in service-related industry, Mm. whether that is transport, whether that is um, in sales, whether that is in marketing, you will always have a customer. So 
Don't focus on busy work. Give people things that really will add value, that they can see the value in what it is that they're doing and being as transparent as you can. Mm. Protracted change is probably the hardest as a leader. And, and mm. in my book, I also do talk about, you know, you may come to the end of your own journey as a mm. leader in an organisation and you may sit back and go, you know, should I stay? Should I go? Is this still the right place for me? Does this still resonate for me? Mm. You will lose people during a change. It is inevitable. Uh, usually people will use the change as an opportunity to look at what is out there. Mm. But if they know that you have been transparent with them, you have been with them throughout that journey, um, then and they know that you will support them whichever way they may go, mm. you will come out of that with a better relationship with your team members and you will build trust. And if you have trust with your team, then no matter how bad that change is, there will still be that underlying um, the underlying element that you can always rely upon. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love the way you've articulated your, your leadership style and the, the importance of, yeah, just allowing your team, whatever role they have to, to know that they're valued, they're needed. They're part of that overall strategy, whatever component that is, and therefore, you know, valued. Uh, I think that makes a lot of difference. Uh, you mentioned before too, you, you're very big on listening. Why did you, why did that become a focus to you? What, what did you feel like you didn't listen clearly enough at the beginning? And why has that become so important to you now? I think when I was younger, uh, there was a bit of hubris. <laughs> and certainly working with a fleet of drivers, um, gentlemen, generally male drivers, unfortunately, back in the day, um, not a great deal of diversity in that space. Uh, but I knew nothing about transport and logistics. Mm. I was young, straight out of uni, no idea, absolutely no idea. And I, I had to listen to what it was that I was, that I was being told. Mm -hmm. And I did get told a lot of things. <laughs> I'm sure very directly. <laughs> yes, built, built resilience. The one thing that people will say about me, you're resilient, yes. Many years in transport has built that. Um, uh, maybe it's brashness, not quite sure, but, or determination, boldness, not that. Yes, resilient, certainly. But if I didn't listen, then, then people would just stop talking. Mm. And, and what I have found, certainly as I go into new organisations, I don't say a lot in that first 90 days. What I actually learned, and that's a really great book, you know, the first mm. 90 days, absolutely yes. brilliant book. Um, but what I, I learned was in that first 90 days, you are sizing up your team, you are sizing up your organisation, and they are sizing you up. Mm. And it is in that that. that that first 90 days, it's the most important time in however long you're in an organisation. And when you change to a new team, it's the same thing, that first 90 days. And what I've learnt is if I speak quietly and if I just listen, people actually will open up and they will actually tell me the good, the bad, the ugly of what's mm. going on in the team. And it is in that that point that you build your greatest trust currency at mm. that point. If you go into an organisation as a leader 
and you believe you know better uh, and you change things in that first 90 days, in that first 30 days, I've seen that, uh, you will lose trust, people will not speak with you, they will feel disempowered and it will take you a long time to claw back yes. if, if at all. Mm -hmm. So listening is the most powerful tool in your leadership arsenal and if you get really good at that and become an exceptional listener and an exceptional communicator, you will run rings around any other leaders, leaders that you may work with. Fascinating. What sort of qualities do you admire from other women in leadership? I have had the opportunity to work with many leaders and I like to say a number of female leaders uh, in transport and logistics. You don't get a lot of female leaders uh, even now, which is for me the lack of diversity in that space, that, that really does need attention. But I have had the opportunity to work with some amazing female leaders. And for the most part, I've moved on and they're still friends. And I will still call them and, uh, and I'll say, hey, what would you do in this instance? And I will bounce stuff around with them. And, and quite a few of the women that I've worked with now have retired and I'll still ring them because there's such a, a, a wealth of knowledge Mm. that I can still draw out and, and, and gain from. Um, and the best leaders for me have been the ones that have listened to me, have listened to what my career aspirations are, mm. have challenged me to step up, have empowered me. Um, I had one leader uh, many years ago. She said to me, the best thing you can do as a leader is to let people fail. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, it's like, she said, it's when you have a child, you don't hold their hands and help them walk everywhere. Mm. She said, you've got to, she said, you embrace when they take their first step and you celebrate that win with them, mm. but they fall and then they stand back up. And, they, and she said, you have to do the same with your team. You mm. have to allow them the opportunity to learn. You learn more from the mistakes that you've made than from the wins that you've had. And you appreciate the wins that you've had because you've made the mistakes previously. Yes. And so she, she taught me that lesson. And I got, I was, I was 20, my early twenties. And I just thought that can't be right. It's totally <laughs> and brilliant. It, and, it, <laughs> and I've used it every, every day since. And I, another leader said to me, he said, Mary Beth, he said, prop your team up. He said, mm. let them swing from the trees. He said, they will do one of two things. He said, they'll either swing like Tarzan or they will get stuck and then they'll get a, loose around the, a noose around their necks. <laughs> and he said, and your job is to step up, prop them up, loosen the noose and then set them on their way so they can swing through the trees again. And I loved that analogy. I just thought that is brilliant. Mm. And, I, and I say that to my team now and to my leaders in my team now. I don't micromanage. I'm, I'm busy and I don't want to do that. Everyone's a professional. You're professionals. You know what you need to do. Um, I'm there if you need my support. But if, if you trip up and you, and you stumble, know that I've got your back mm. and I will help you and I will prop you up and I will set you on your way. Um, I, I, tr I trip, I stumble myself and my leader does the same for me. He mm. helps prop me up when I need that. And he sets me on my way. If I cannot see 
uh, a priority, if I, I cannot see a path, he'll help me find that. He won't pick me up, put me on that, but he'll help me mm. see it. And as leaders, when I talk about active listening, it's about people know the answers. They just sometimes may get lost. So as a leader, I'm there to guide. Mm. I'm there to show them the, the way, the end point, what we're focusing on, but I'm not there to do it for them. Mm. And if you do it for them, you disempower them. And, and then, and then you get a, a, a team that is low functioning and that's not what we want. And that's not what we need. And certainly mm. now we need people to feel empowered doing work that makes a difference yeah. because that is where the engagement will come. Yeah. And constantly growing. And absolutely, absolutely. I think a lot of people think it's easier just to do it for them or to show them the way, but that's right. Oh, you know, women at this stage of our careers, we're knowing it's, that's right. It's all those times that we have fallen down. And it's almost like if we're not trying new things and stumbling and falling and getting challenged and getting frustrated and then looking for new opportunities, then we would be limiting ourselves in all aspects of our role. And that's what, if we're, if we're not allowing that for our those people that we lead, that, that is actually a tragedy. We're wanting to bring out the best. I think a key element that I was hearing you, you speak about there is, yeah, is the environment. You're creating an environment which is uh, supportive, nurturing, and giving them permission to extend themselves and to try, try new things, you know, obviously within structures and, and strategy and, and, and so forth of a, of a business. But there was always many ways that you, you want to have that innovative mindset that curiosity that you started this program with uh, which has come along that's like what 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 is next what could we doing what is happening in the future and uh, I think you are an excellent example of a woman in leadership who is doing that with teams and yeah congratulations to you thank you I'm encouraged today (laughs) Uh, any leader can do this you just have to park your ego to the side I think that's really what it is. I, we all have an id and an ego, uh, mm. but sometimes you just, I, I don't have all the answers. Um, I think I learned humility when I had my son. Um, you, you don't have all the answers. And as a parent, you, you're winging it. As a leader, there's so many books out there that you could be reading to become an exceptional leader. But really what it comes down to is you just, you have to take those learnings and you have to use them. If you, you can read all the books in the world, but if you don't learn anything from them, then there is no point. Your, mm. your, team, your team need you to step up. They need you to be listening to them. Uh, they need you to support what they do in their careers. Um, that as leaders, that's what we're there for. I, at the end of all of this, um, if I can come away from this with, you know, at the end of my career, come away with, a, a team of people that are my friends out of this. And then, and I, and I, and I do connect with people that I used to lead who have just gone on to bigger and better and greater things. And I, I think the most heartwarming thing is I couldn't have done this if you hadn't have done that. And it's just, it's that flow on effect. I think paying it forward. I, I, I absolutely believe that I put a post up onto LinkedIn a week or two ago, and I and I and I, I stole it with pride. I do say I didn't come up with the elf, but that was just to sort of reach out to people in my network and say, if you're struggling and you need some support, reach out to me. I do mentoring and coaching with people 
And if you want help with your resume, if you want help with your branding on LinkedIn, if you want me just to share some stuff with my network, if I hear of anything, please let me know. And I think if all of us do that, then we create an amazing culture in this country and globally to support those that may have been affected by COVID mm. more than we would know. And I think that just that paying it forward also just makes this all worthwhile working somewhere where we're making a difference and helping others. I think that's, that's what, that's what this is all about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And to appreciate that in business, we're in a global environment. So even what we're, we're in Australia speaking here, but people globally are having, you know, incredible hardship, you know, during this time. And so it's worth keeping that perspective. I'm the same. I, I got, a, got a comment the other day from a lady in Africa who, who, who messaged me and, and she said, how are you, you know, how are you coping in COVID? And I sort of gave my reply and I, I emailed back and said, what is your biggest challenge at the moment? And she said, safety and and hunger. I'm just like, wow, what do you even do with that? You know, this is the, the level of, of, you know, compassion and, and that we need to give to other people and help them along their way. And um, yeah, and it's not just, you know, giving away free stuff. It's actually just being a good, good human being and being able to assist. And, and, and I agree, you know, things do come back to you, you know, building those networks and we've both got global networks, you know, people are here to support each other and to grow each other. And there will always be value, you know, it's valuable to the world, the planet, but it's, it's always valuable to the relationships and it's great having them long-term because it helps you help you become better at what you do and it helps them grow their businesses as well and uh yeah well it's been a joy chatting to you today i have learned learned a lot and i've been really inspired by your your leadership style and how important it is uh to keep people at the center to grow people under your leadership to grow you know strong teams when that's and, and use you know, IT, which is where we've touched, you know, use the infrastructure to be able to uh, make amazing things happen in an organisation. And I thank you for sharing that with us today. That's been my pleasure, Annie. Thank you so much. And good luck with your book. Thank you very much. It's very <laughs> exciting. It's all, all going very well. How can people find you, Mary Beth? I can be found at www.quantumtransformation.com.au. That's my website. So if you're interested in, uh, in mentoring and coaching, there's information there. Uh, there's a link there as well. If you're interested in the book, the book is being sold more at um, all online outlets, of course. Uh, so if you are interested in the soft copy, as I said, we've got the special coming up next week on Amazon with the um, with Kindle, the Kindle book. Uh, it's also for sale on iTunes if you are an Apple user and uh, through BookPod, Amazon, you can get the soft, um, sorry, get the um, paperback copy as well. So it, um, it's for sale globally. So I do hope that people, if you buy it, please let me know what your thoughts are mm. because um, I am really keen to see if people have found it interesting and there's been some useful tips in there. 
I think you'll yeah. find useful tips in there. I think you're definitely, you sound like a very practical woman and I, I'm very, very sure that you'll have many, many useful tips. So particularly those younger women who listen to this podcast, you're at an earlier stage in your journey or you're just having a stage of transition now. It may be because of COVID, might be because you're going back in, trying to get back into the workforce. We're all at different stages of our journey and so this is a real bargain. A couple of dollars, tap into um, learning these incredible um, truths that, Mary Beth has gained over you know a couple of decades in her in her space so I think it's going to be so valuable and I yeah thank you for for that gift to people and uh yeah I I wish you all the best in your success in the book and also in the work that you do in companies uh globally thank you Annie have a fabulous day thank you Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Memoirs of Successful Women. You can find me at anniegibbons.com where you can download my free resources, get connected on social and check out my online magic transformation program. If you love this show, feel free to subscribe to future episodes and of course, share it with your friends. I'll see you again soon and until then, happy podcasting. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Memoirs of Successful Women. You can find me at anniegibbons.com where you can download my free resources, get connected on social and check out my online magic transformation program. If you love this show, feel free to subscribe to future episodes and of course, share it with your friends. I'll see you again soon and until then, happy podcasting.